This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. For the 23-24 season, the West Ham Way is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sports venues are showing every televised West Ham fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and get down to your local Green King pub and get closer to the action. This season, Green King have launched the Green King Sport Instagram page, which will be home to fan content, deals and competitions throughout the season. They've already given away Champions League final tickets and signed shirts, so you don't want to miss out. Drop them a follow on Instagram and you won't just be the first to know about all this, you'll be helping out the West Ham way. Listen to the West Ham way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. It's been a roller coaster of a week after beating Arsenal to reach a cup quarter final to then put in another poor performance in the Premier League against Brentford. We talk about those games and more before getting used from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. Two games to talk about from last week. One win and one defeat. Let's start with the defeat. In the Premier League, David Moyes has faced 43 different clubs in his career and the only team he's never beaten is Brentford. And unfortunately, that remains the case. Give us your thoughts. Um, I was, uh, I was kind of dreading talking about Sort of suspect, certainly David Moyes this week, but the game as well, because it's shifted to being negative again, and rightly so on what happened, because, you know, it was a game that we should have really at least got something out of it. 2-1 up, we have that chance where Antonio gets in the way of Ben Rama for like a real simple tap-in. That makes it 3-1, and I think we would have been able to see out the game, although our defence is questionable at the moment. I think we would have been able to see out the game because their fans were dead, our fans were lively, and I think we would have taken that home. So it's it's about, you know, individual performances there, of course. That's, I think Antonio was terrible again, although obviously he got assist for Kudos. It's not... 
You know, it's not the greatest of assists. He's just putting a, a, a decent cross, and Kudos has done the rest. It, it wasn't. It wasn't his day again, and that's been the case continuously. Danny Ings comes on and is just a dreadful alternative at the moment. You know, I'm not going to sit here and give him individual abuse because he can't help the fact he's earning 120 thousand a week. That's what the club chose to pay him. But whoever sanctioned that decision, I think we know who it was. Um, made a terrible call at the moment because he's been absolutely dreadful. We've got no attacking options to come off the bench. Those that we have got, like Mabama, Cornet, don't seem to be able to get a look in at all. The defence is leaking too many dodgy goals and there's not enough creativity in midfield. So <laughs> three, three key elements of a, a successful side there are not performing in the league at the moment. Uh, it's hard to prioritise what is worst. I think if I had to, I would say that the forward situation just at the moment, but individual mistakes have cost us big time in that match and you know if we've got the go at 3-1 I think it'll have a different story mm. unbeaten in their last 13 London derbies Brentford and uh, we've lost 8 of our last 9 London derbies in the Premier League let's look at the goals I mean the, the first goal I, I have to touch on the communication for me because I've watched it yes. so many times and, mm. and funny enough it might even have been on last week's show X and we was putting a bit of a question mark over Ariola's communication because he's just not that sort of fella I think he's a very quiet man as much as I rate him that at times can be a bit of an issue, but it's not just on him. It was a cluster of defenders around. And as that first ball goes back towards the touchline, someone should have shouted to him to leave it. Because if they'd have left it, it just would have gone behind him for a goal kick. Nobody's talking to each other. And instead, they're fighting with each other to put it back into the danger zone. And after an absolute clusterfuck, it goes in. Um, then, obviously, Kudos' goal is second weldy in a week, makes it 1-0. Bowen then puts us 2-1 up. And then towards half-time, after some brilliant work from Kudus and Bowen in the build-up, Antonio is presented with an open goal. And if he scores that, we're 3-1 up. And you're right, at 3-1 up, and if we do try and shut the game off, you'd like to think we've got half a chance of keeping that lead. But how the fuck has he missed it, X? Because uh, you, 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 I'm, I'm looking at it, right? And, and I'm thinking... First and foremost, it's a tap-in for Ben Rama. And again, mm. is there a lack of communication there? Is, is Benny not... Mm. Should he not be screaming at him to leave it because he's got it? Antonio, I think, um, out of desperation, has gone for it because he is low on confidence, I think, at the moment. He's desperate for a goal. And another side subject that does my head in is he's put himself under unnecessary pressure because that stupid fucking podcast that he does and he's got well, to face comes on my, again now. That right. comes on my section now. I've, okay. I've inquired about this to the club. I've actually right. asked for an official answer. So that will right. come on my section that bit. But Okay, so I'm hoping for some, uh, some, some positives on that because that just does my fucking head in. And I just think out of pure desperation, he's gone for it when he shouldn't have done. But even though he's gone for it, He's got to be scoring it. I mean, he's he's a yard out, and I just can't believe it's hit the side netting. It's just unbelievable. And I just think, even if you had Jared Bowen in that position, in exactly the same scenario, whether he should have left it or not, I think if it goes to Jared, he scores it. And this is the constant frustration with Antonio, another dog shit performance. But again, X, you know, I know that we were missing some players and we had some selection issues, but but it's fallen to the feet of someone who, in my opinion, shouldn't be playing because he's so massively out of form, yet Moyes is sticking with him. Last season, it seems to be Suchek that he's stuck with when he shouldn't have done. This season, it seems to be Antonio. Um, and, and that's driving me mad at the moment. Um, I just not, I mean, not a great day from Avrapanos, but I think he needs more time. An own goal from, from their, uh, from their equaliser um, that I'm assuming was an attempt to head it over his own bar, which again was, I think was a stupid thought process. And then for their winner, once again, we've been beaten in the air. 
Um, and it just, it, uh, one thing I don't understand, X, is that Moyes has such an emphasis on defending, not mm. conceding goals and playing on the counter-attack. And the problem is you can't play this style of football that invites pressure when you can't defend. Yeah. It's, 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 there's no science behind it. It's just logic. And we've got a better squad of players than Brentford. Um, but one of the key differences, in my opinion, and it is an example, is that in that game, you look at Thomas Frank and he's constantly analysing the game, looking at his players, thinking about improvements, weaknesses in the opponent, substitutions that make a difference. But for David Moyes, for me, he just puts out his best 11 and then just watches the game with a hope and a prayer, you know? And that, 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 for me, is a big frustration. I mean, what did you think of these substitutions? Yeah, they were poor. Other than, I mean, Daddy Ings is just, for whatever reason, whether it's the system, whether it's the formation, whether it's playing two up top, one up top, whatever excuse we keep throwing at Daddy Ings' feet, whatever the case is, he's just not performing. For West Ham, it's simple. I mean, the stats was he touched the ball five times when he yeah, was yeah. on. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's not even the case that the system doesn't work. He's not making the runs. There was a couple of times I went with Mark Carloy, does the YouTube channel for us. I, I, a couple of times I said to him, mate, look, look at him. He, he should be peeling off the defender now so that the midfield have got a, a through ball option. He's just standing there. And I don't understand how a striker who has played for England, played for Liverpool, scored regularly in the Premier League, can be so so clueless as to what to do. Maybe he's physically finished now. Maybe he hasn't got a pace or a stamina. I, I don't know. But the option of bringing Danny Ings on now should not be an option. And, and Moyes keeps persisting with that to the detriment of Mbaba's career, happiness and maybe long-term prospects of signing a new contract um, to the detriment of, you know, Cornet, who was meant to be an alternative option up front who just can't even get in the team for now's doesn't offer enough for me now he is a decent central midfielder not a winger he hasn't got the pace for the wing so you, you can't stick him on on, le- on the left wing there's other options that could have came on instead of instead of for now's and when for now's and Ings came on I, I almost knew that that was it we'd almost given up because neither were going to do anything for me now and uh, the substitutions Oh, a massive issue there for David Moyes. It can't, it can't be looked beyond that. And, yeah, it is massively frustrating. Like you touched on to the prior to that, the why is he keep selecting Antonio? The argument, I guess, this week, like you said, was that there was two midfielders out. So Bowen played midfield. Well, he was kind of up front, really, wasn't he? Because it was kind of like a two up front, but he had to play the other... Yeah, to play Antonio because if there was two other options taken out, but but again, Antonio's so bad. He'll form against Olympiacos. I think it will happen naturally. So maybe that's not the answer, but against Nottingham Forest, the only option now for me is either you play Mabama, but preferably for me at this point, you play Bowen as the forward and you put Antonio on the bench because we all know he's coming off on 60 minutes. He comes off on 60 minutes every game and he's not doing enough in the 60 minutes we've got. And as you say, the defence are leaking goals as well. So all round at the moment, you know, and I think the keeper, like you said, the communication is not there. So across the team, they're, they're not performing as they should be. No. And and this is what confuses me about West Ham at the moment, X. And obviously, you know how I feel about David Moyes and the fact that, you know, his tactics worry me and uh, in-game management and the, the way that he's setting up and how the players are responding to that, et cetera, et cetera. But then we started the season well. And the new signings that have come in have been great signings. And you have to give him credit for that. Whether he found them or not, he signed off on them. And they're playing for West Ham. And they're good players. They're very good players. 
but there's obviously something fundamentally is wrong because I, I do go back to the fact that when the shit hits the fan, Moise is the one that, that the shit gets thrown at. And and I I do agree with that, but the players seem to hide behind it. And I do I do believe that in the game against Brentford, it was a case of individual mistakes and collectively as a team, we wasn't good enough. But why have we fallen away like this? It's almost as if something's happened at the club that has caused a negative reaction. And I'm not saying that, that is the case, but it's, it's almost like there has to have been something that have, has taken us from performing well and us all being happy and looking forward to the future, to everyone now thinking we're nine points above the relegation zone and now we're looking down rather than up. It, it, it's so confusing to even know how to feel and fundamentally what the problems are. I mean, again, I, 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 how much do you think we missed Paqueta and Alvarez? Do you think they would have made a difference on Saturday or do you think we were just doomed the second we stepped on the pitch? Because, again, collectively, it wasn't great, was it? No, I think they would have made a difference, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, Suchek, again, I hate to dig him out, but he's not offering anything again. As I always say, when he's not scoring goals um, and when he's not confidence high, he's not offering anything. The amount of times he got the ball in midfield and there was space ahead of him and he almost just doesn't know what to do with it. Like when it's at his feet, like he kind of runs sideways a bit and just gives it to the fullback. And, you know, I think if you'd had Paqueta or Alvarez in there, they would have offered more. I mean, Alvarez would have offered offered more protection to the defence than the players that selected did. I mean, to go back to what you think the issues are, I think, to me is a lack of confidence. You've got, you got a goal scorer for your, your only forward that just has no confidence at the moment and is not performing. And when you only have one of them, you got, you know, that's a massive issue. Like when you only have one forward, when you can't bring, because effectively Ings is not a solution for him. He has to continue playing when he's off form. And well, he did until recently, whereas I'd put Bowen in now, but he's played more games than ideally. If we'd had Scamacher around, say, or if we'd had another forward, if we'd bought one in the window, but we were so reliant on him. And when he doesn't perform, it massively affects the team. Because like I said, that goal at 3-1 makes a massive, massive difference. And that's all down to him. What he should have done is left it for Ben Rama. Now, whether he knew Ben Rama was there or not, I don't know. If he didn't, you could question his scanning. You know, why is he not knowing Ben Rama's there? You could question the communication between the two. I, I like you said, think he probably knew he was there, but wanted to score the goal himself rather than pass up that opportunity. Um, and I also think. And I know this is going to be maybe sound like a feeble excuse, but it's got to have had some impact is the sheer number of games we have played recently. And over the last three years, you know, we're, we are literally playing two a week now. Um, we've been in Athens. We came back. We played Everton. We then got and played Arsenal, did a good, a good performance against Arsenal. And then we're playing Brentford on the Saturday. And it's like... It is that continuous game. And it's all right when you're doing well and your confidence is high. But when your confidence is a bit fragile, you know, it, it's not great to be playing this many games. I'm not saying that's the only sole reason, but it's a factor that does need to be considered. You know, out of all the Premier League teams in the last three seasons, I'd like to see a statistic. If you include up to this point in the Premier League season... You know, now because we're in the quarterfinals of a cup, so we've obviously played a couple of games there. We're in the top, we've played in the Europa League again. How many games we've played comparative to others? I bet you it's very, very high. I mean, that's probably a factor, but yeah, there's there's problems all around in the team at the moment, and it needs to be sorted out very quickly. I do believe, and I know this is what I say regularly, and people will be 
shouting at me at the, as they listen but I do think we'll get a result against Olympiacos and Forest, and that will hopefully put us back on track but yeah it's, it's, it is frustrating the complete inconsistency at the moment I mean one player that's coming under attack a little bit is James Ward-Prowse and, and I've got to be honest I feel sorry for him because I think yeah. I think he's being used in the wrong way I think I he's agree. being played out of position because yeah. you know it, it doesn't work as a CDM, he needs to be played as a number eight. And and the results that you got from James when he was being played as a number eight is far more effective than playing him as a CDM because he's not quick enough or strong enough to play that role. And what happens is if you don't have those attributes, you get overrun. And when you get overrun, it creates opportunities in the final third for the opponent and suddenly we're on the back foot again. Um, so, you know, that's not his fault. Again, that's on Moyes for me. I know we didn't have Alvarez, so that, that makes a bit of a difference So for, for the Brentford game. But moving forward, I hope that's recognised as well, because for yeah. me, that was just so obvious. In yeah. That um, uh, I don't know. I mean, look, you've stated that in your opinion, Moyes needs more time. But after what's essentially been two years of underperformance in the Premier League, how much more time do you think he needs? Well, he's not going to have... Well, it depends who you ask. I mean, again, this is coming in my section, but I think he'll have the season. That's that's what my understanding is of, the, of how the club see it. But from my own personal opinion, um, I think, you know, he has November for me because November time you've got... As I said, you've got Olympiacos, you've got um, Forest, you've got um, someone else in there that's... Um, that, let me just get the fixtures out. So I'm actually talking with um, facts rather than guessing, but you've got you've got fixtures um, in, in the next month that are there to win. I know I know people are just going to say you're, you're postponing the inevitable, but... <sighs> I always think the plan for West Ham this season, and maybe this is part of the problem, the plan for West Ham this season was Moyes would get another year and they'd see how he'd do and then a decision would be made at the end of the decision, at the end of the season for a new manager. And I don't want to jump prematurely into bringing in a new manager if that means we miss out on what would be a better appointment in the summer. But as I say, you've got Olympiacos, you've got West, you got Nottingham Forest, you've got Burnley, and you've got Backer um, to Polo. You know, he could pick up four wins there. And if he does, he go into December. And I think you see how we go for December um, if, he, if he performs in those games before. And then if it's still as it is at the moment and you think, well, you've got January, that's time for a new manager. But my, my main concern is if you appoint someone now, it is a, a bit premature. And I know people are screaming. I get it. I get it all week. When West Ham lose, people message me as if I'm kind of the club official that um, if that we can't get a new manager until, until I change my mind on Moyes, just to categorically say <laughs> me backing Moyes has no impact on anything other than you having to listen to me defend him I don't back him entirely I've got massive doubts I've already said that you know there's things I hear about his management from behind closed doors that I don't agree with you know I think the game management is poor at times I think it's a, the over-reliance on outform players is poor um and I don't think we play good football. You know, I'm often bored watching West Ham. But again, again, I, I think you're better off waiting till the summer to get a top, top appointment like Spurs did. You know, Spurs did. Spurs pointed interim managers um, after they got rid of. Um, 
whoever it was, Conte, wasn't it, I think. Um, whoever they got rid of, they got interim managers until the end of the season because they knew Posta Lugu, as I told people on this show, didn't want to leave Celtic until the summer. So they were waiting for him. He left in the summer, went to Spurs, and now look at them. So I think for this season, there is a case of we hope that David Moyes can deliver something. At the end of the day, if you look at the black and white of it, we are in the quarterfinals of the League Cup, having just beaten Arsenal, who are meant to be one of the best teams in in the league. All right, it was a changed team, but whatever the case, we are in the quarterfinals. We are still top of our Europa League group. We are sitting, was it 11th in the in the Premier League? You know, we are um, uh, two wins off being in seventh place, sixth place. So it's not disaster time at the moment. So I think he still, for me, has a month or so a month to two months to prove that he is deserves to stay to the end of the season and then you know unless he wins something at the end of the season you know I think he's got to win something again or have a strong league place then you look to bring in um, a top top manager and what do you think the chances of him turning this round are it's hard to say, mate, because whenever you want, whenever he gets written off, we we then turn it around. That's why there was that whole thing last season. Oh, he's got one more game. He's got one more game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And whenever, whenever that happened, it, it was he he turned it around. So I I don't know. You know, it's it's hard to predict, but I do think we'll beat Olympiacos of Nottingham Forest. And then again, it feels different. It, it it looks different. And then you know we have to take it from there. But the facts are, we are eleventh in the league. That's better than we were last year. Of course, that's based upon the start of the season as opposed to right now. But either way, the same amount of games played at this point of the season to last season, we're in a better place. We're in a League Cup quarterfinals, and we're top of the of our conference league. So we can't we can't sit here and say, "Oh, it's been fucking awful." It has it has the last few games definitely. Um, but the the bottom line is, we're still in contention. Arsenal have lost their two game last two games. You know, yeah, against Newcastle, but one of them was against us. How long until you start saying with Arteta? You know, he's he's the man for the job. I just think you've got to. There's a little bit more time and let's just see how we go and then just if it doesn't prove to be that successful we're not going to get relegated this year we're not because Bournemouth Luton Sheffield United Burnley and others are far worse than us so whatever you think of David Boys we won't get relegated this year we might miss opportunities to win things that another manager could have brought us but worst case we're not going to get relegated I mean we just have to see where we are for the next month or so and then and then make a decision then personally. And I know I'm just scared people. I was dreading this podcast because I can't win because whenever I, I, I tend to stick up for Moyes, um, I get the whole, oh, when's, oh, I can't believe stick up for him. Why did you stick up for him? Oh, here we go. It's sticking up for him again. And then when, as a podcast, I call and say, look, he's on borrowed time. People say, I can't believe how reactionary the podcast is. So to whatever opinion I have, I seem to get stick for. But I can't just change my opinion because people, pressure me to do it the bottom line is I still think having won a trophy last year having given us football European football for the last three years having built a decent team um, let's just give it a bit more time and see what happens and yes I've got my doubts I really really have but just the way I feel Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, I think, yeah, I mean, of course, part of the confusion is when you look at the black and whites of the job David Moyes has done, it's impressive. But as I said in last week's show, when you look beyond those black and whites, I think there's more of a concern. I think that's why people breathe down his throat when things don't go well. I mean, if you look at the black black and whites of it and purely take it as that, then Sam Allardyce is the most successful manager England have ever had. Based on his win, based on his win percentage, but yeah, then if that you look beyond games, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if, but then if you look beyond that, you realise that it's the, well, the reason he was so successful is because he was there for five minutes. Do you know what I mean? And with David Moyes, again, I don't want to break down the whole, you know, he should have won the European competition, all that kind of stuff. But it is a concern um, outside of all of the the reasons we've listed with his kind of everyday management at, at West Ham, it is a concern now where you could argue that it has been poor performance in the Premier League for two years. I mean, that's a it, long time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And but I'm not... Point where it, has he been found out now? That That's the question. And if so, what can he go on and achieve if teams know how to play against West Ham now because we're so one-dimensional. But are we one-dimensional? He played two up front against Brentford. You know, he played Bowen and um, Antonio up front. You know, that was a change to what we'd normally been we'd been playing. So that was an attempt at a different tactic. It didn't work. But to go back to the point that I made at the start of the show, if Antonio Benrahma scores that goal, we've got, we've beaten Brentwood, Brentford, sorry, we still that Brentford and Arsenal in the same week. It's a really, really successful week so yes as always the minute something doesn't go right David Moyes a dinosaur David Moyes a C-U-N-T he's got to go he's got to go but if Antonio scores that goal it's a whole different feeling so how much of the buck do you put away from the players in these situations you know any any manager that set up that team as he did can't legislate for Antonio missing that chance that's not that's not to do with David Moyes, apart from the fact he selected him. Yeah, of course. Mm. But the player, the player is stand, any professional. For I could have scored that goal if I was standing there. You know, like it's 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 the thin margins at the moment. And again, if you're if you're any other club looking at West Ham situation right now. And you think where we are in the league, where we are in these cups, where we were last year, etc., etc. You, you, if they had knew that West Ham fans were baying for Moyes' blood again, they'd be like, bloody hell, it could be far, far much worse than what you, what you have it type thing. Yeah, um, but they don't live it though, do they? Again, they, uh, going no, back to the black but... and whites of it, we live it. We look beyond. Um, week by week, and we see some of the issues that's been reported, some of the issues been reported by you, um, you know, the constant frustrations, the lack of atmosphere in the stadium, which could have been caused by the style of play, the, 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 the negativity, the kind of fear of losing big players if we continue this way. You know, all of those teams don't see that, but we do. And that's why 
that's why I think fans get riled up. I and mean, yes, if Antonio scores that, it could have been a different day. But then if my brother was a birdie, be my sister, wouldn't he? He didn't score it. And now we're in the situation where we've lost the game and he didn't score it because really he shouldn't have been on the field. And even if we had Alvarez and Bequeta, he probably would have started, in my opinion, because that's what Moyes does. And I think that that's, that's the frustration for me. I mean, for, in my opinion... You know, I don't even know if Moyes should be sacked now. And I'm, I've well, been so, so that's what I was literally about to ask you. So yeah. you're saying he needs to be sacked now, are you? Well, I, I, I've got to be honest, Dix. I don't know. Now I've been Moyes out for a while and I don't want David Moyes as the future of West Ham. And we've listed the reasons why for so many podcasts now. But, but then, mate, at the start of the season, you were saying that you you support him and that you think he's changed his ways and that, and that things are looking different. And yeah, and, 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 and now, and now, and now they, they've gone back. We, we've gone backwards again. We've, we've taken two steps forwards, and we've gone three steps back. And you know, he, he, he's, he's talking about the, um, the the European schedule. You know, well, he makes wholesale changes for those games, and everyone else that's in Europe doesn't seem to be having that problem in the Premier League. And you know, the Everton game was a real eye opener for me, um, and that was poor against Brentford. And now it seems like we're 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 in a rut. And again, we go back to these players that look like they're not enjoying their football. And again, we just seem negative when we could be progressive. And all of these frustrations, they make sense to me. You know, I, I'm I'm not a bandwagon jumper. If anything, I've had a reputation over the years of, of, of not being that. And the frustrations are pointed towards me. I, I say how I feel. And I am Moyes out. I really am. But at the same time, you know, I agree with you. I don't think we'll be relegated. So... Unless we're relegated, could we just suffer David Moyes' football for the rest of the season to guarantee ourselves a top-level manager that will take this club forward and transform the way we play? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Quite possibly. I mean, I have to say one thing, X, and I'm sure you'll back me up on this. I hope you will. You know, this season, even over the last four or five weeks, not at any point have I said, right, Moyes has got to go now. No, no, you haven't. But a lot of fans do, and 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 the result against um, Arsenal, there was no cause for Moyes to go then. And this, this is what I mean. It's got. I think you just have to accept now um, that the plan is for Moyes to see out this season. That that's the plan by the club. Whether you agree with it or whether you don't agree with it, that that's the facts, right? So getting worked up and putting Moyes a cunt on every bloody post that you ever write on Patreon or something, just just doesn't achieve anything the bottom line is I think he's going to be here till the end of the season and we need to for me get behind the team as much as we can and hope that we can achieve something and then in the summer you know who knows who you might be able to get in the summer but there'll be top managers that are performing well now that want to see out the season um, at their current clubs that may only consider moving in the summer now the, the reason they do that is because they want to get it on their CV that they won the Bundesliga or finished in the top five in the Bundesliga or whatever a, a good achievement for that club would be they want to have it on their CV that they kept club up or they won the title Postalugu being the prime example right so they may not come right now so I'd much rather try and get behind what we're doing right now and then in the summer if it doesn't work out this year we won't go down if it doesn't work out this year yes it's missed opportunities but in the hope we would get a much better candidate as manager than if we try to point now and I don't want to go down this route of anyone's better than Moyes let's stick this guy on a six-month contract because 
it's just not it's, that's just too risky as has been proven when other clubs try and do that so I just think let's just see where we are in a little while I'm not sitting here the happiest West Ham fans you know I travelled to Brentford on my own I went there um, got to the game thought we should have won it came away disappointed ruined my weekend Everton last week same same thing you know and so I'm not sitting here loving life as a West Ham fan but when you look at it in the grand scheme of things yes the performances haven't been great but we've got my first trophy in my life you know I've seen European football three years in a row I'm in a cup quarter final which I'm going to go to I was seeing my team top of European group again I got my team nearly in the top half of the table again you know it's not it's not as doom and gloom as you'd be led to believe if you didn't look so, at so based on what you've just said then in terms of what we what we're achieving as it stands what what's the problem then the problem is the things I've said, though. You know, the, the style of football's boring, the subs aren't great, the team selection's not as it should be, and, and we're not winning games. But, you know, that's a that's the current situation right now. It doesn't mean it's going to be the situation in three weeks, two weeks, one week's time. You know, it's the current situation now. It's two, two games um, against Everton and against... Um, uh, Brentford that, that, that we should have probably got something out of you know but it is two games in the grand scheme of things there are other games that we haven't performed well in yes but they're the two that are essentially not great if we then beat Forest at the weekend we're back on track we've then got to follow it up with a win after that you know against um Burnley or whoever it is in the league um, but yeah that's the situation now again I'm just going to get a bit I can't win in this situation but I'm not sitting here being Moyes' biggest fan I want people to understand that there are things I'm constantly frustrated with um, but if you sack him now tell me who you're appointing Tell me, people say, oh, it's not our job to do that, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it's the same. Well, you're best right, though, isn't it? That's what I say. And I, yeah. I'm right. I, 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 fuck me, how's Dave Walker from fucking Anal going to have the answer? Do you know what I mean? I don't know, but that's the. But unfortunately, Dave, Dave Sullivan from Faden Boys doesn't have the answer either because. Well, Tim Sullivan possibly does. He might do, but already, if he had the answer, again, you, you're going to get better calibre in the summer. You really are. And David Sullivan has already said on record that again I know it's the excuse he always uses but he doesn't think the alternative is there but he's already drawn up um, alternatives for um, Tim Tim Stites is already drawing up alternatives for next season so they're obviously thinking about it but at the time being they're not going to make the change right now but if it I honestly don't think like it, it it's you know it, if you sack Moyes right now you're going to get an instant solution to it because it would be it would be what's the word um, reactionary because they haven't long term planned who they want to bring in if they know in the summer David Moyes is going to go and they'll have a rough idea by about you know March time or so you'll be able to see where we're doing in the league and the cups and stuff it, and they can then succession plan really really well to get it up and running in the summer like like I keep using them and I hate to use because I hate them, but like what Spurs did. Mm, yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, for a gritted T5 to agree, I think, I mean, things are going really well there, isn't it? And that's what happens when you bring in a manager like that, that can um, that can transform your, uh, you know, the, the way you play and the way you approach games. And that's without Harry uh, Kane as well. I mean, you have to speak volumes of... Oh, he's, done brilliant. he's just done a brilliant job. So one, one thing I think is also important to state as well, like if you're thinking about a long-term manager for, for West Ham, right, 
and whether you agree with it and whether they understand the bigger context of the West Ham situation and the performances and so on, the facts are, if you don't know all of that stuff, it looks harsh to sack David Moyes right now. It really does. Now, if, so if you, whether you agree with that or not, it does. So if you've got an outside manager looking at the West Ham job, I think one thing they would really like respect about West Ham and would actually be a, a, a point to bring them to manage the club is the fact that you will be given time by the chairman to turn things around if you have a bad spell. If you look at getting a job at Chelsea, for, for example, or Watford and other clubs like that, you've literally got three games until you're out again. And that gives you no, you know, why are you going to want to move countries to do that? Why are you going to give up so much security or your, your future where you know you can have a reactionary chairman? If you, whereas if we, Give David Moyes the chance now to do some people say he's had the chance for two years. Yeah, he won a trophy at the end of last year. So if you give him the chance to turn it around, if he does, brilliant. You can move him on in the summer uh, if it's not as completely successful as you want it to be. Um, but if you just get rid of him now after two, three games, I just don't think it sends the best message out either. Well, here's what the gaffer had to say after the game. Well, David, it was a game that went this way and that, which ended in Brentford's favour. What was your view of the performance? Uh, bits were OK. You know, we, we'd done quite well at times in the first half. Uh, we'd sort of given up too much territory, I felt. We sort of 10 or 15 minutes to go before half-time. They'd started to grow into the game more than I'd like. And, uh, you know, we, we'd set out at half-time, you know, to make sure we got the third goal, try and get the third goal and take less, less chances or... T- to try and play better and I thought because we had the two up front you know the more we got it to those two then we might have given ourselves a bigger chance of scoring and uh, we should have done uh, but obviously the other part of that game is we've got to defend better Is that the frustrating thing the fact that we had overcome the blow of the early goal to get ourselves in a position where we could have gone on to, 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 to go and win the game Yeah but we got to half time 2-1 so the, the idea was to make sure that we don't concede any more goals we don't concede any goals then you win the game you do that but we did and uh, I didn't like them uh, they came from sort of second phase set pieces you know first part of it we defended okay or we dealt with it and and on the other occasions uh, then we didn't de- defend the second part and look uh, I think the, the third goal or the challenge to make go- goes to the Emerson has to make a tackle for a throw in because he didn't give offside and I think it's offside if you look at the positives, uh, Mohamed Kudus played his third game of the week and scored his second goal, and it was a, a really good goal as well. Yeah, it was a great goal, and uh, you know we missed we missed obviously a couple of players with suspension today, and and uh, Kurt had an injury, so we were a little bit short. But look, there were some good things getting getting the lead. We we tried to play with two up front today to try and cut. we've we've come here too often, and I've, I hate the feeling I leave Brentford every time. Uh, pig sick that I've not got a result, and I'm leaving once again pig sick. And of course, like every week during the, between the internationals, we haven't got much time to, to, to reflect on it because there's an important game on Thursday night against Olympiacos. Yeah, but we had an important game against Arsenal and we don't have much time to get ready for this either. That's just the way it is. We're, again, only two days, so uh, difficult. So the scheduling is difficult, but we're going to have to live with it. How big is this week? for Moyes X um, and how important is it to get two wins from two because you're saying that the likelihood is he'll get the season until his contract runs out and we might look at options in the summer but the reason I'm, I'm kind of challenging that is because I, I couldn't believe it really what seems to have been a bold approved message has gone out publicly 
declaring that they are now going to be considering options as an alternative to David Moyes. Firstly, I think that's fucking out of order to do that. And I think it shows a complete lack of class. Assuming that is true and that is the case, is there a chance he might not be given the season? Could he go after losing to Nottingham Forest, should that be the case? Again, to look into my section a bit further than I than obviously I usually would. The 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 I messaged you know, I'm just gonna say I messaged David Sullivan because it, you know, there's no point in trying to beat around it. He's the only guy that would like be able to make a decision on this in email, as do a lot of journalists. You know, I don't have a special relationship with David Sullivan, it's well known if you ask your questions in the right way you don't ask too many you can get answers so I emailed him and I just asked him what the situation is with David Moyes I said there's lots of reports going round that he's on thin ice and you know he's going to get the sack and blah 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 blah. and his response was and it was literally rubbish we backed the manager for the time we backed the manager at the moment the results are not good enough the performances are not good enough but we like to let managers honour their contract and this is the case here so that's the official word on it of course of course there's concerns about his management from because the fact that the board have said it in exactly those words they have concerns of course there's going to be concerns when you're losing games it you know it wouldn't be natural to not have those concerns I think if you lose against Nottingham Forest you lose against Olympiacos you lose against Burnley there's a lot of pressure on him then I I think it would be hard for him to keep his job after those three games I think it really would it wouldn't surprise if he did keep it but I think it would be very hard for him to keep it after those three games because we'd be right down near the relegation zone with another two losses if other teams pick up points so yeah I think it would be hard but I think the bottom line is as I keep saying the board wants to back the manager as they often do and so we, whether you like it or not you have to kind of almost lump that as their decision and you know they I think Tim Steinson will have a massive role in appointing the new manager if and when that situation occurs. But for the time being, that is it. For me, if he loses against Nottingham Forest, if he makes the same mistakes against Nottingham Forest, I would. And we lose. And, and the same with Olympiacos. I would be really questioning what's going on again with him. I would. Um, but whether that transpires that the board do that, I don't I don't know how 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 solid their statement is, but their statement at the moment is that they back the board and that's that's what that's right, they back Moyes and that's what it is for now. Well, to inject a bit of positivity... Yeah, please, I hate talking about Moyes. I actually hate it. Yeah, I almost want I to ban that word because I can't yeah. win on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all wish things were different. You know, these are yeah. the most enjoyable shows we do is when everything's positive. But unfortunately, yeah. in typical West Ham form, uh, yeah. it's not always the case. We're not afforded that luxury. But mm-hmm. um, one positive was that we have to congratulate Jared Bowen, who became the first player to score in six consecutive away games in the Premier League. And to inject some more positivity, the Arsenal game, Gave everyone a smile, something to smile about. How good was it to beat them? I'm massive, mate, massive. You know, again, if you'd given me the choice of beating Arsenal or beating Brentford, I'd have chosen beating Arsenal, and I'm sure most fans would have as well. Um, and we and we did, and we beat them convincingly. You know, their goal was the last kick of the game. We could have had more. I thought we played really, really well against Arsenal. Of course, there's now rumours that David Moyes didn't actually manage the team for that game, and it was John Heitinger that managed it, which just shows to me with some of the sort of what Moyes has to deal with 
on a, you know, as soon as we lose to Brentford, oh yeah, that's Moyes' Moises game, but we beat Arsenal. Apparently, Johnny Heitinger has been in the door two seconds, was the guy picking the team. You know, it's, <laughs> the, it's, the bottom line is David Moyes is the manager, win or lose, shine or rain, whatever it is, he makes decisions. Warburton has made it very clear on our podcast with him that David Moyes rules the gaff. So let's just have that clear. But anyway, the... Arsenal performance was really, really good. I thought the atmosphere was great. I think that helped. The fans were definitely up for it. Obviously, I think the deck, the nice pantomime helped a little bit because it got fans up for it. I thought the club did well in creating a good atmosphere before the game and, and it was a really enjoyable day. Really enjoyable day. We've beaten a team that our star player left to join because he wanted to win things out and we've knocked them out. So that's a massive satisfaction. Um, of course, we're going to get a shit draw after us, as we always do, but the bottom line is we're in the quarterfinals. If we can somehow magically beat Liverpool, you know, Chelsea are playing Newcastle, so that's one of the uh, other threats out. I think we've got a real good chance of winning this tournament. So, yeah, it's a really good performance. Mohamed Kudos is a fantastic player, emphasised oh, by the goal against Brentford, but brilliant against Arsenal. Unbelievable player. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with him over the years if he can, you know, stay more than a season, um, unlike mm. some French winger that we had. Um, I mean, he, he'd be, he's going to be an unbelievable signing. Gerard Bowen, as you said, has broken the record for goals in away games. He's had a great season so far. You know, if we bring Alvarez and Pakatar back into this um, as well, um, then I think I think we start to play well again. And, you know, it was a great performance against Arsenal and I was buzzing with that result. Yeah. I mean, you covered a few questions I was going to ask you there, one of which was going to be about Kudus because he, he just looks like some special player, doesn't he? I mean, it was a, mm-hmm. a game that saw first, uh, the first of his two weldies. I mean, those two goals in the space of a week, it's incredible. But it's not just his end product, which he clearly has. You know, he's he's strong, he's powerful, um, he's agile, he's great with his feet, he's quick. He has all the attributes to be a top player, and a top player is clearly what he is. And I've just, I'm so over the moon that we've got someone of that calibre at West Ham, and that was one hell of a find, that. And, uh, you know, without being disrespectful to the club that I love, I'm surprised that he's, he's at West Ham. He's that good. Uh, so that that really was a breath of fresh air. What did you make of Rice's reception? Because you're right, pantomime villain is the right way to describe it. Was there any more sinister than that, or is it exactly is that exactly what it was? We think it was more based around banter. I think it was. I think it was exactly as I expected it to be. There was a few people um, booing intently um, that had a real issue with him. I mean, there was some guy. I, thought, I told you the story off air, <laughs> but like a, a guy sat a row behind me, slightly to the left, who was on one G's. I mean, I think he had quite a few of white substance up his nose at the same time, but he was <laughs> literally all game. He had like Declan Rice Tourette's, like even when he wasn't on the pitch, he was sitting there going, "Fucking." Hate you, Rice. Oh, I can hate you, Rice. Jesus scum. Hate you, Rice. And then whenever he was on the pitch, he just he's just shouting it constantly. You Irish Judas. Oh. Like, it was literally continuous. At one point, he ran down to the front of the stadium, and it almost liked it almost looked like he'd asked the steward if he was allowed to go on and abuse Rice to his face and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> I was expecting steward to say, "But seventy-fourth minute, mate." Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, he was absolute nutter. So of course there was people that were doing that sort of scattered around and stuff but on the whole it was what I expected it a sort of a, a, 
low level booing I would say um, and then claps generally from most people um, he, he handled it well in fairness to him claps when he was warming up claps at the end to all stadiums it's done now he's played at West Ham He's done his first appearance here. Can we just move on from it now? Respect what he did for West Ham. You know, disappointed he chose to do what he did. Leave us when he could have been an absolute club legend. Understand why he did. Perhaps not the best team to have gone to 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 win things at, but we'll see that at the end of the season. You know, I think they might be in contention more than people realise, but we shall see. Um, And then... uh, yeah, it's over. It's done, done and dusted. We won the game. Happy days. Thanks for your time here, Declan Rice. Now we've got Alvarez. That's it. We don't need to dwell on it anymore. Out of interest, do you know what he thought of the reception? Uh, I do, yeah. Um, I think he he thought it was as he expected it as well. Um, I think, you know, he said it was nice to get claps. Most fans were positive. Obviously, he saw fans going into the stadium, he saw people around because he went into the changing room and he went um, and shook hands with a load of the sort of staff and stuff, got a really good reception from obviously all the staff and, and most fans. He said, he said there was a couple of people that did abuse him quite vocally when he was like walking around and stuff like fans, but most of the people were, were positive and the... Um, and uh, it was it, he's glad it's over now like you know he thanked West Ham in his Instagram post he he, he you know he, he still people won't want to hear this that hate him but he still does really like West Ham he wants West Ham to do well I mean it's the first you know I think it was uh, Chelsea wasn't it when Joe Cole Glenn Johnson and Frank Lampard left and they said that Joe Cole and Glenn Johnson always checked the West Ham results and were gutted when West Ham lost and whereas Lampard cheered when they had lost well, well Rice is definitely on the Joe Cole um, Glenn Johnson side because he wants West Ham to do well you know he's, he, he I guess his ideal situation would be Arsenal to win the league West Ham to come second but he does he does care for West Ham I don't think it's the last we see of him I think he'll come back to West Ham at some point whether it be the end of his career as a player or as a coach maybe but I don't think that story's over but yeah I think for now for the, for the near future it's done and dusted and we move on and we got the results so happy days there's nothing to to worry about now yeah and it made for beautiful viewing honestly yeah really of course night. you know for me that. me you know I defend Declan more than anyone you know I've got a lot of time for him and his family but I even found it quite ironic when West Ham fans were singing um, should have joined a big club and you know Declan what's the score and stuff because that's fair banter and I think if we he would expect that and if we didn't do that then you'd have to question us as a fan base because it was obvious. And no, I'm not going to lie, I joined in a bit because it's funny. Um, but um, yeah, that's it. It's over now. Mm. You said about some of the things David Moyes has to deal with, and you gave an example a couple of minutes ago. I mean, listening to his post-match interview, he, he sounds like he's lost a tenner and found a quid. You, you talk about his happiness because we always talk about our happiness as fans and what we want. What's your kind of gut feeling on his happiness and what he wants? I mean, is there a chance that he could walk? I think there's a strong chance at the end of the season because he's been offered again. I'm so easy into my section here, but he's offered he's been offered posts um, above being just a, a club manager. So he's been offered positions that would take him sort of out of the direct firing line, but give him a good role within football, both in in football clubs, but also in organisations. And so he's got options. You know, the, the guy is highly respected. I think from knowledge, he might be the third most. Um, appearance or not appearances, management games in the in Premier League history behind. 
Bingo in Ferguson, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, no, so, so you know, he's he's massively respected. Um, he's done a good job. You know, the, yes, there's blips on it in Manchester United, but the Manchester United have never been the same since Ferguson left, and every manager that's managed them since Ferguson's had blips. Sunderland, I think, was a, a difficult job that most people would have failed at, and it's hard to judge him when he was in Spain. You know, like... Gary Neville, for example, look how much he failed out there. So it's, it's hard to judge. The bottom line is for Preston, Everton and West Ham, he has done a good job on the black and whites of it. And so people respect his opinion. So for me, I think he could I think he could walk. You know, you've you got to think every time you lose a game or every time something doesn't quite go to plan, they're out there, you know, sending abuse, calling him all sorts of stuff. He's coming up to 60 now. Do you want to put your family through that? I think his dad's still alive and lives um, in Scotland, in Glasgow. Now he's got other relatives up in the Liverpool way, maybe he'll sort of move back there. You know, so I don't know whether he will stick around at the end of the season. It'll depend how this season goes, obviously. But he can't he can't enjoy the constant pressure to have to win almost every week before people get on your back. But then sadly, that is the case with most football managers. You know, Martin Allen speaks to us obviously every week and you know he doesn't want to get back into football management, even though he's had offers because it's far less stressful walking Dennis and talking to me and you and doing a bit of gardening than it is uh, than it is managing a, a football club at any level. So it, it's going to be one of the most stressful jobs in the world because you've oh, got yeah. you've got so many people demanding instant results that don't give you any freedom if you don't get them and. Um, the pre- and your, your failures are so publicly spoke about on so many different channels. I can't imagine what the press is like. You know, I, I get myself a bit stressed thinking about people going to abuse me because I backed David Moyes. You know, imagine actually being David Moyes. You know, I can't, I can't imagine what it must be like at times. Mm, yeah, it's a very difficult job and probably a very lonely job at times, football management, I can imagine. Mm, mm. So two games this week, X, Olympiacos at home and Forest at home. Give us a score prediction for both. Um, I think we'll win 2-1 against Olympiacos and 2-0 against Nottingham Forest. Again, it's hard. Two important games very quickly after each other. I don't believe there's any injuries. So if he gets the rotation correct, then I think we should... It should be okay. So yeah, I would expect two wins. Hopefully, he's got two because the, you know, the doubters are out again. And if he doesn't get them, there's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure at the end of next week. That's for sure. Yeah, very similar to mine. Uh, I was going to go with two one against Olympiacos a win, and I'm going to go with a two one win against Forest. Annoying that they got a really good result against Villa, actually. Fucking typical yeah. just before you play West Ham. But yeah, so we're both predicting wins, and let's hope we get them. Okay, it's that time again. Calling all West Ham fans. Are you a patron of the West Ham way? If not, why not? For the price of a point, you get top quality content on a daily basis to include the famous West Ham way podcast with Dave and X. Over 100 interviews with ex-players and celebrity fans. Mad Dog Bites with Martin Allen. A show with Tony Cotty. The U Irons podcast, the West Ham Way USA, a transfer window show with Demis Chef, an expert pre-match analysis. There are virtual events with ex-players, written articles, match day discussion, away day burger reviews, in-depth match reports, and 
If you want to be the first to get reliable, accurate, exclusive news on all club affairs, you'll get exactly that from the best ITK in the business, ex-West Ham United employee. All that and more delivered to your phone for a fiver a month. It's the daddy. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.